parking, granularity, Vietnam, and a bookstore. This is Patterns of Development. Hey everyone, it's Kyle. Let's get after it today and talk about the patterns of development. What makes good cities, what makes bad cities, and how can we make our urban areas better for everyone? I presented to a group of people recently, and the question was asked, how can we make more development happen in our city? Hands down, the easiest answer for me to give is to reduce and eliminate parking requirements. I learned that lesson from my friends at Incremental Development Alliance based in Minneapolis, and I used to repeat the expression because I wanted to sound smart, so I just echoed the comments of other smart people. But now I know I have firsthand experience and I've done my own research. Trying to figure out where to store cars is a drag when you're trying to make something happen in your community. This week, the LA Times wrote an opinion piece, Eliminate Parking Requirements. Housing people is more important than housing cars. I'm starting to see the affordable housing crisis as really a supply and demand crisis. If we have limited supply, demand increases. This means that rent goes up, and that's just for housing. Cities also have limited space in their domain, limited supply, and devoting that space to the storage of cars reduces the opportunity for more housing. And then, of course, we see then the increase of rents because then there's more demand. Oh, and by the way, there is a high cost associated to free parking. I think everyone has the expectation that when they show up somewhere with their car, they should be able to park for free. It's an expectation that started in the suburbs and is unsustainable for cities. The line, high cost of free parking, is the title from the godfather of parking himself, Donald Shoup, who also had an article out this week with CityLab. To quote the article, we've essentially built many of our cities for cars and made housing for humans incidental. This is Kyle again. Unfortunately, that's true, but it really shouldn't surprise anyone. Our cities through time have always evolved around the eras of common transportation types. Whether it's horse paths, canals and harbors, airports or highways, speed is essential to delivering value. What's so interesting is how the unattended consequences of parking minimums have evolved into such a problem hindering development and limiting the supply of housing. Okay, so let's build some more housing, right? Last week we learned about five over ones and how that's the common structure that tends to take place in development these days. We talked about the monotony of development today, the line from my friend on how a developer buys up a whole block and it all looks the same. I didn't really offer a solution and we didn't really talk about that, but how can you possibly avoid that? An article from Strong Towns this week talks about the value of incremental development and when you have many small owners rather than one large owner, you get that urban diversity. Let's consider the walkable scale of every 20 feet or so. Is something the same or is it different? Are there windows to look in? Are there different windows to look in? Is it a big blank wall? Andrew Prince calls this granularity, fine-grained urbanism. The street fronts you find in the French Quarter New Orleans, Amsterdam, and Osaka, this idea that things are different about every 20, 25 feet. Andrew makes it clear that we're talking about a horizontal scale, left to right, not vertical scale, bottom of the building to top of the building. No one walks around a city with their head up. Humans are designed to be looking at things from ground level to about 10 to 12 feet in the air, and that's where we want granularity. That's where we need granularity. Okay, so the article offers three ways to make this happen. Let lots be small. Let lots be weird. Small lots mean cheaper to buy, cheaper to build on, easier to own. It's that smaller incremental scale that will make ownership more accessible to others. I also think this is linked to eliminating that parking requirement, right? How can you get housing on a small lot when you have to have a driveway and 1.5 spots per unit in the back? Number two, 
do not favor large-scale developments. Transformational projects are rarely transformational for the community, and successful cities don't build for success, they build for their people. So let your people develop. Number three, related to number two, favor small-scale development. City planners and elected officials are inclined to look for the big projects. They can happen in a couple of years, and they can make big headlines, but having patience and growing incrementally is ultimately what makes for a strong town. Talking about this incrementalism and small-scale development, what a better way than to talk about writer Ryan Holiday's bookstore project. Now, if you follow Ryan, you know that he's been struggling with his bookstore project, which started pre-COVID and then had a deal with how do you run a small business during a pandemic. The article is so great and lends awesome perspective on small businesses, but what stood out to me is this, and I'm quoting Ryan here, good things happen in bookstores. Big ones, small ones, corporate or independent ones. Where books are browsed, new ideas are introduced to old readers, while old ideas are introduced to newer readers. And perspectives shift just the same. Couples connect, experiences are shared, worlds are built in the pages of books being browsed and in the lives of those doing the browsing. Ugh, he's such a good writer and I, I love quoting him. Ryan Holiday wasn't just talking about urbanism, though. He was talking about his bookstore, but I think he's hitting at something. Successful cities are built for the people. Shakespeare said, what is a city but the people? And Ryan Holiday shows that bookstores are a great place for people to come together. Last up, I wanted to explore the world. I stumbled across an article about how modern architecture has evolved in Vietnam. Now, when we think of modern architecture, probably what we have in our mind's eye are concrete structures, rectangles, with some long overhangs and porches. It appears that Vietnam has carefully adapted traditional architectural elements of shade, depth, suspensions, and reinforced concrete overhangs to create their own unique style, and they've found certain ways to incorporate local plants as well. Mm, I love it. Thinking differently so cool. And that's it. Thanks for listening to Patterns of Development. If you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, please email me, kyle at patternsofdevelopment.com. And a huge credit and thank you to Rafi Bushman. He is just a phenomenal musician in London who gave me permission to use his song Look Up as the theme song for this audio experiment. Please check him out on Spotify. It's good stuff there. Looking forward to next week and I'll talk to y'all soon.